got fish. I had to work hard for fish. I had a lot more blanks this year than I had in, in other years and had to work ridiculously harder to get clients on fish. I, I had good sport on, on the Springers. I really I really had a great sport on the Springers and I thought I was living a charmed life and then the grills came and kicked me in the arse. I, I found that I couldn't find grills. I really, really couldn't find grills. I wouldn't go as far as to say that the grills run didn't really happen, but it didn't happen for me. Hello and welcome to the Ireland on the Fly podcast about the people and places of fly fishing in Ireland. Before we say goodbye to the 2023 salmon season this week, and many anglers will like to say good riddance to it, I'm sure, we wanted to find out how Ireland's most iconic salmon river, the Moy, has fared, and what good news we can glean from that part of the country. So, Garrett Rigrock, who we spoke to back in May, who is a casting instructor and guide, as well as a committee member of the East Mayo Anglers Association, joins us on this week's episode to tell us more about the season gone by. But first, Tom, you're heading into your own final week on Carb now as well. Yeah, good man, Derek. Yeah, God, where did that go? It's gone. You know, God. Yeah, and it's just finished. Strange season, was it? Like, I've had to cancel. I checked my diary today Mm. as I was sitting with Storm Agnes beating against the window. I've had 14 cancellations this year between the heat wave. Yeah, this year alone. So that'll tell you what it's been like. And this week is virtually a write off. Uh, I got a one day this week. And of course, fishing is quite good. Mm. Uh, very active. Uh, had a got a got a got a couple of fish in the morning. Rose more fish in the afternoon. Didn't get any. Of them. I just switched. Yeah, I don't know what happened. As Joe, as I was saying, as I'm saying later on, uh, they didn't want us in the afternoon, so they didn't take us. They were just sort of um, just messing. What was it? Um, Ken Kennedy said. I, was told, I, I don't know. Did we say it in the podcast. There was no malice in their text, <laughs> yeah, which is a good way to put that. There was, you know. There, just wasn't on but you know it's it has been active but like yeah the week has gone now friday is looking okay so i'll probably get out friday but i always keep the last two days for myself so i don't, I don't boat yeah yeah I, well you know and that's it traditionally i used to always go with my dad uh, no way. on the last day yeah always and every myself and my father used to go out the last day but you'll so, still get yeah. out mark the occasion oh yeah i uh, don't know if i get out saturday we'll get, get out myself and um mike are meant to go out on on saturday looking at the weather don't know, we'll see. Uh, Friday looks good. I'll get up myself on Friday. Tell me this, those 14 cancellations, is that the most you've had to do in a season? Yeah. Do you worry about that as a guide? Like, because guides and farmers are, you know, me as a as an urban dub, you know, have no no mm. understanding of it until I moved to Tipperary and re- understanding how much your livelihood <laughs> is affected by the vagaries of the weather. And mm. it's going to be even more so in terms of extreme hots, extreme uh, wet. Yeah. Like and it's so out of your control, like without yeah. saying, uh, stating yeah. the bleeding obvious. You you can't worry about it, Dar. You you've got to accept it. It's a bit like uh, uh, any farmers; they have to accept what the weather's thrown at them. You know, you can't you can't you can't save hay when you know it's been beaten down with rain for the last week. You know, you just can't. Yeah. So you can worry about it, but it's not going to change. It's got to change. You need the weather to change. Yeah, and. It is probably the most cancellations I've had in the season. It's very interesting. Um, six, if not seven days of that were due to heat wave. You know, it wasn't all storm. And actually, there was one week. Do you remember we had a mini heat wave? When was it? Early September? Yes. There was one week where I pulled the plug on a day on Wednesday because it was 23 degrees and flat cam. And guy wants to wet fly fish. And I said, look, wasting your time. 
and the following Monday, I had to cancel for storm. Nuts, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, just crazy. But look, that's the way it goes. I was chatting to a lad today, um, and funny enough, I was mentioning it to him, and he's a builder. He says, you know what? Kind of have the same as self as well. Like, so, you know, it's it's not just, you know, it affects a lot of people. So, look, you got to Got to roll with the Grin and bear it, yeah. Yeah, and that's it. That's yeah. it. And then enjoy it when you do get it right. Yeah, exactly. Will you get out? By the way, will you get out? I'm supposed to be out. Today's Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, as I said in the podcast, with Garrett, you know, my kind of windows for when I can get out are very limited. I don't have much movement on it in terms of, and especially yeah. you know, the Rugby yeah. World Cup. We're so busy, you know, doing shows every day for the Rugby World Cup. Because you're doing sh- you're doing shows on that. How often are you doing shows on that now? Every day, and we're doing video and every day. We're doing video and audio. Um, video podcast and audio podcast, so it's every day. Like se- I mean, yes. seven days a week. Like you know, I'm oh. sick of this shagging thing. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> the sooner they get knocked out, the better. You like you, li- <laughs> uh, yeah, you like your podcast, then, Darren? Do you? <laughs> Don't jinx it. I bloody well will. <laughs> but they ever fuck so, off? So when we finish up here now. So when we finish up here now this evening, there's nothing you're looking forward to more than doing another bit of editing. Another yeah? bit of it. <laughs> So, I was supposed to go fishing today. So? Supposed to go fishing today, oh. and bloody Storm Magnus put a kibosh on that. Like the last oh, and the entry when I was supposed to be fishing with you, when was it? Two weeks ago. Bloody heat wave put a kibosh on ago. that. Yep. So yep. it's yep. yeah, the whole idea of being able to just say, "Listen, I'm taking Wednesday, and that's it." <laughs> Nowadays, you just have to go. Weather's looking good. Drop everything. <laughs> Head out. If I catch, oh. great. If not, yeah. well, I've got a bit of air. <laughs> yeah, at least you've got out. So, come here. That's going to be it. You won't get a chance between now and Saturday, will you? Maybe Saturday. Like, literally between 11 o'clock at night and midnight. <laughs> the last hour of the season. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, come on. It's worth it. <laughs> you never know. Uh, yeah. uh, look, I'll never say never, you know. Um, yeah. So, it's... I think my salmon's done... Like I said, the last I was out in the black water, I think it was it last week, uh, for a couple of hours, caught some beautiful trout. <laughs> so I've been lo- the last few times I've been out, I've lost, I haven't caught, I've lost one on each time. Yeah. I don't know what's, I've, this, this curse now has passed on to me, um, yeah. which I need to jinx or I need to get rid of. And um, yeah, I had, uh, like, there was loads of nips then from trout, like they were just nipping at it, the shaggers, like, and uh Got a pull and I was like, oh, sh- bloody trout. <laughs> it was like, it was a lovely pound and a half trout. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if, oh. if I had a three weight, like, it would have been over the moon with it, like, you know? Yeah. But uh, it was annoying. It was annoying. Um, I bring it back to what Keen O'Boyle said. You had to work for your salmon this year. And yeah. we're all, if I've got like two hour windows, <laughs> it's, it's not going to happen, you know? Um, yeah, and then, as you said, when we're talking to Garrett, when you look at the guy that was up in the beat with you there a while back, uh yeah you'll hear it in the podcast yes you'll hear it in the podcast so <laughs> so look um i look i think we look we'll do a proper review maybe uh in october we'll do um brown trout review and you know we'll maybe talk to a few other anglers about their salmon season as well i'd like to do a saltwater review as well yeah. um yeah that'd be good actually so yeah. we've uh and we've a hatchery episode to come so look we've loads loads in the can so even though the salmon the, or the fly fishing season might be over for me we get to talk about it anyway and um Actually, 
pike fishing. That's going to be on the agenda for me. So we'll yeah, and we've a few and a few and a few fly tying ones and a few well. fly tying. Nice, exactly. So um, enough to keep us busy and to keep all the listeners busy as well. So look, let's get back to this week's guest, Garrett Rigrock, and don't forget to listen out for our very popular Fulling Mill fly tying competition later in the show. But I first asked Garrett about his salmon season, and of course we did speak to him back in May ahead of the Moy Grills run, and how different things actually did turn out. When we last spoke, it was the end of May and we were looking forward to what was to come. And now I only check my calendar there to start of this week and we are in the last week of the season. It came around very, very quickly. Um, I've been out a lot um, with guiding with clients, but also uh, being totally selfish and getting out with buddies, going out, having our own bit of fishing. Uh, I was out with a buddy on a small, a very small spate river. Oh, it's wild. This place is wild. Buddy of mine, David Devers, brought me out to a, I would call it a secret little spot. Anyone in the know, it's a, a fishing tackle graveyard. You can expect either to bust a rod, leave about 15 flies in the fences, or <laughs> bust waders or break a rod. But um, yeah, we hit fish, uh, landed two between us and met and tugged another couple on a falling spate. Uh, same river. We were on it last week in a falling spate and we, we couldn't buy a fish. We saw nothing. So... Maybe there is a late run of fish coming in. Maybe we just got it on a, a better day. I'm hearing similar stories on the Moy at the moment. Uh, speaking of Michael Tiernan this morning, um, he was saying, yeah, we're on the back end of a, of a tough year, tough season. But big uh, visitors and anglers coming into his shop, he said for the last two, three weeks, they're reporting that they're seeing a lot more fish in the pools. Pools that a month ago, Lads were saying it's devoid of fish, wonder if anything's happening, but now they actually are seeing fish. Whether the fish were there all along and maybe the high water temperatures or pressure conditions weren't right, they weren't being caught. They definitely weren't being caught. They weren't being seen. But now, hopefully, hopefully it's a bit of a positive. Um, We're having reports of fish being seen. So just tell us then, Gareth, what was the season like in comparison to others? Don't go there, Tom. Um, Don't go there. <laughs> uh, yeah. I would love to book the trend and turn around and say it was a great season. Um, you know, I, I, people tell me I'm a good angler. People tell me I'm a good guide. I did okay, but I didn't do much better than most other most others. It was tough. Had to work hard. We got fish. Had to work hard for fish. I had a lot more blanks this year than I had in, in other years and had to work ridiculously harder to get clients on fish. Uh, how did it go in a nutshell? Oh, I, I had good sport on, on the Springers. I really I really had a great sport on the Springers. And I thought I was living a charmed life. And then the grills came and kicked me in the arse. I, I found that I couldn't find grills. I really, really couldn't find grills. Um, I wouldn't go as far as to say that the grills run didn't really happen. But it didn't happen for me. Uh, we had good sport on the ridge pool. And the moy fishery at the early part of the year it came into its own. I think the first fish came off the ridge. Um, I think it's around the 29th of April. The gilly John yeah. Howley had it. Yeah. Uh, then there was water was dropping steadily. Fish were holding in the ridge, and we good sport on it up until about the middle of June. Um, remember when Galway Weir and the ridge pool were closed because the high heat temperatures. Water came above 20 degrees and um, for fish welfare, it was it was it was called a halt mm. when it reopened after that. It was fishing quite well. You know, you'd have days where there could be seven, eight fish 
landed a day on the ridge and maybe the same amount bumped. And good fish, these were spring fish. Uh, as that fish were running through, East Mayo were recording springers, uh, the Foxford fishery were recording springers. The mid-beats weren't really. From downstream of Foxford, they just seemed to be just flying through. They weren't holding up. But the Foxford fishery, East Mayo, yeah, they, they were going. They were going okay. Then where did we go after that? Uh, yeah, temperatures dropped and they reopened the, the Galway Weir and the ridge, I think, in around the 20th of June. And for about a week or so after that, we got good fishing on the lower beats. Um, then the rains came. Yeah, and stayed. The rain stayed for about two months mm. after that, and that effect—I hate to say it or be fatalistic—but that effectively finished the fishing on the moy fishery beats, the lower beats. They are like they're low water fisheries, yeah. but the rains came. They stayed high, and there, there was no angling pressure in Ballina. For people who know the moy, what did the level of the moy stay at for that part of the summer? Uh we were getting flood. We. There was just floods. It was just, it was too high for low water. It was really, it was spinning. It was spinning and warming, really, for all of the summer. Yeah. The prawners, who would similar, similarly like low water, uh, weren't getting a chance. It was going from one spate to the next. Like, it hardly dropped below 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8, 0. 0.9 at East Mayo. It'd be just dropping, just starting to come into nice order. Boom, another big deluge. See, so what's, what, what's the level at East Mayo for fly water? Uh, ideally for fly. Mayo, the upper end of it about 0.9 on the gauge at Ballylahan, um, right. down to about 0. 0.50 on the gauge. That's right. that's your ideal. That open that'll open up nearly. You'll have pools throughout the whole lot of the fishery that that you'll cover on that. Above 0. 0.9, you know, you want to put your big boy pants on and you want to put a lot of concrete into your waders if you if you're waiting. You're not gonna, you know, want a bit of ballast. Um, mm. then below point. Five, you just don't have the flow. But you can go brave. You can skate tubes. You can low water tactics. If you know where the fish are lying and mm. holding and you get a bit of overcast and a bit of a favorable ripple. Um, in low water, that's the, the moy technique that we, we all know, the bubble and fly. You yeah. get a good upstream wind on it, a bubble and uh, two droppers above the bubble. Uh, belter across and you're effectively just skating them. Someone, I, I had someone out from, I think there was Cork, a guide and a chap. And they refer to it as spinning the fly. Um, and the more, you can see where they're coming from on that. You are effectively spinning slightly well, upstream, rod tip down, and just work it down and around. Yeah, technically you are. You are. And yeah. it, can, it can be very effective. Oh, like, uh, but but also like like all methods, Gareth, there, there's people who are good at it. You know, it's, oh, you know this okay. is, I know from chatting to guys, you know, People just think, oh, you just chuck it out and that's it. And you bring it across and hey, Presto, you catch fish. But it's not just like that. As you said, uh, someone of that opinion could go down through a pool or <laughs> nothing and then put the right man coming down the pool behind him and yeah. he'll, he'll show him what he left behind. Yeah. Yeah. But while we're speaking about bubble and fly, um, it just brings me on to the, the appetite there for fishing on the Moy is still very strong. Um, look, I, I, I have to declare my hand here. As you know, I'm an active member of East Mayo. Uh, when we spoke the last time, I think we we're talking about we were putting together um, a day, a children's day, an introductory day. Oh, yeah, day how did that children. go? That was very successful, Garrett, wasn't uh, it? It went, it went very well. Um, there wasn't, the, the water was, was okay. It was all right for, for, all, for all methods. 
Uh, on the night, we had 59 children arrived. It was a two-hour event. It was just meant to be for them to come, teach them to cast, let them get a, a go on the river, just to let them see what's there on their doorstep. But we would 59 children, people to travel. Uh, we would even a couple of Galway people had to come to Mayo. <laughs> no. Yeah. To learn how to fly fish. We had people who came from South County Dublin, even came down. Uh, they timed it in with a holiday trip. But we'd everything there for them. because we, we actually, when we keen no boil on, Mm. Remember, he was telling us. Yeah, about good fellow. Keen was up there with us. Yeah, yeah. He said he was going to it. Yeah, he's great, great, great young lad. Fair play. He is him. a great fellow. God, yeah. well, great, great enthusiast. And 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 I have to begrudging compliment. He's a good angler. He <laughs> is a good angler and a great tire too. <laughs> I have to say, actually, Gareth, the Keens. Actually, I remember Keen when we did the Keen interview, and it's something that's it's really interesting. Something you said a couple of minutes ago, Gareth, is yeah, this year you had to work for the salmon. Like he was saying, mm-hmm. like, where you know, you might have gone out, you know, years gone by, and in a short session, you'd have got a few fish, whereas you'd need to nearly spend the whole day at it to get that same, you know, fish or mm-hmm. two. Like, and I just, and it's really interesting. You said the same thing. It's, you got to work, you had to work at it, you had to keep at it, you had to be persistent. Well, I think it's coming down to it, lads, uh, the quantity of fish out yeah. there, unfortunately. Yeah. Lads, don't want to be the doom and gloom in the room. Who knows what the future holds for the runs of salmon? We don't know. That's, as, as you know, we're, we're doing a bit of work with Connor Arnold and maybe getting involved in a little bit of lobbying. There are a lot of anglers starting to pull together in private groups. Mm. A lot more awareness now as to the fate of the salmon. It's, yeah. it's not yeah. pretty, unfortunately. And we have an opportunity now to maybe try to intervene to, to make things a little bit better. We don't want to be known as the generation who sat back and did nothing. Who knows? We may it may be beyond our control. We don't know, but if we don't try, nothing ventured, mm. nothing gained on it. Mm. I, I think the well, government and only or the politicians only sit up and take notice when um you know you can point to you know the commercial economic kind of whether it's from you know drop off and visiting anglers or that you know tourism, you know, is being affected. I think that's the only way they'll actually use it. It is the case. It is the case here here where I am in the Foxford region. This is not a scientific uh, measurement on it, but judge on a Friday night or a Saturday night, you go into Gyrie's Bar, the Mayfly Hotel, uh, normally around the, the middle of July when the, when the fish are running at standing room only, you may not even get in. Unfortunately, this year you'll get in and you'll probably get a seat as well. As we know, mm-hmm. it's not all about the fishing. If the fishermen are in town, they'll be out for the pints. Yep. And it's kind of indicative. Numbers are down, lads. Number, numbers are down. Between the club I'm involved in, I know the amount of day tickets that are being sold. Speaking with water keepers, numbers are down. Um, well, it was a funny year, too, because the river was in flood a lot of the time. The jungle drums were beating that the, the catch returns weren't as great as previous years. And, yeah, people like to catch fish. And if people think their chance of catching a fish aren't, aren't overly great, a lot of us will still travel, but uh, more fair, fair weather anglers, yeah, m- may not be inclined to. I don't want to be doom and gloom enough, boys, because it is not all doom and gloom. It's not. It is very encouraging to know that uh, there are salmon to be caught there. But at the same time, we can't hide our head in the sand and say it's all wonderful and, and glorious. So if uh, no, I, I, the- I, I think that would be wrong of us to do that. I think we have to, you know, if it, if it's been poor. I think we have to highlight that. We have to make people aware of it. You know, you can't, you you, you will only get away with that for so long. And it doesn't benefit anybody to be saying that. Yeah. Lads, and down your way, uh, how, how is the growth run? Uh, 
Okay. <laughs> Not good. I was, just, I was going to say it was great. Uh, <laughs> no, it was very poor. It was very poor. Because uh, okay, the- like I don't do I don't do much salmon fishing. I'll do a bit uh, on the lakes in Connemara. And to be honest here, with the way the weather was this year, where we normally go back to the lakes would be Ina or Kylemore or a couple of the other lakes, didn't get to go. On the lake here in Harab, I didn't move a grills this year. Okay. So that will tell you. Now, normally you'd land a couple every year. Uh, they're very incidental. They're, you know, they're a very welcome uh, incidental catch. Okay. It's lovely to get one. And there are days when you could actually target them here. Because you do, I do know the lies. And if you get a really rip-roaring wave, the day to catch grills on carb is the day you're thinking to yourself, should I go out on that? Oh, yeah. is, is, that yeah. is that a bit rough? <laughs> and once you're saying that to yourself, that's the day to go out. Because they lie in shallow water and the big roller gets them agitated, gets them moving. But uh, yeah, I've, like I've had some good years here on grills, but this year, no. And on the lies, I've been fishing a lot of the lies lately, and normally they get active in September here. Uh, there's only one of the five or six lies that I, I would fish that I saw more than two or three salmon fishing. So, okay. no, it's been poor. It's been poor. Because I, I don't know. Look, we had very high temperatures, water temperatures earlier in the year, and as you know, brought in a, a moratorium on fishing for a couple of weeks mm. uh, on, on the state fish trees. The grills that came after it, did they come after it? We had high water here effectively for two months. I don't mm. know on that high water. Did they run straight up to the to the headwaters? Did they take refuge in Loch Con? Uh, are they in the deep pools with their heads down? It's it's hard to know. Um, mm. This theory around here, no, we didn't have phenomenal gr- grills fishing. There was one day on a big flood. Um, I think it might have been around mid-July, in around the 12th of July, because it was busy. It had a lot of northern visits here at the time. There was a big flood and there was a good number of grills caught on, I think it was on a Monday. Uh, then every car park was full for the Tuesday for the following day and it was blank. It didn't happen. All the fish went in one pulse. And then after that, that, that was the day, that was the summer day to be on the river. I think it was Monday, 10th, 11th, 12th of, of, of July in around that. But after that, our grills... <sighs> No, I don't, I don't know. They're kind of missing grills at the moment. Maybe I don't know if they're missing or they're hiding. Because even now in the last couple of in the last month or so, when we're out with, with clients or out on our own and speaking with my buddies, the bulk of the fish we're catching now are colored up springers. Right. You're out there, you're you're hoping for that elusive fresh run autumn fish. And you know, they're not, there's not many of those there now. Although uh, a chap sent me a photo tonight of a fish that Came off the Balanau waters. Uh, lovely silver clean fish this evening. Lovely silver clean. Right. Uh, but, you know, they're more the exception than the rule. But I suppose we were catching for, yeah, the last two months, really. There are more springers that were in and coloured up than than grills. So there's theory now in the big high waters that uh, the fish temporarily migrated up into Loch Con, sat low in it, and now coming closer to mating time, spawning time, that they come back down out of the lake and move to their, their natural tributaries and stretches of river. Hopefully, we're, we're hoping that the grills were kind of on, on sabbatical or hiding off elsewhere uh, on, until now. That's the thing, isn't it? Sometimes we just don't know, you know? We mm. just don't know. And I suppose sometimes it's the beauty of, of what we're after. But uh, it would be nice 
No, I mean, what you're saying there really sounds, it does actually sound really plausible that, uh, that they could do that. And what you're saying now as well, that there's fish showing in the pools. Yeah. And mm. that, you know, the only thing is, and you, you said at the start, you're not 100% sure whether they're fresh or not. I, I get the impression you, you, you think they're not. You think they're fish that have been in a while. And they may just begin to re- resurface now and show themselves. Yeah. And, you know, this time of year, earlier when they come in, you're hitting them because there's a, a feeding mechanism there or a memory of, of feeding. Mm. Now it's a totally different trigger. You're working on the aggression yeah. trigger. The, the, this is my patch. The, the territorial males, territorial hens getting ready to... No, look, we don't actively target fish getting ready to spawn. You're looking for that elusive fresh one, but it's a different trigger mechanism on them this time of year. It's the aggression yeah. defending their patch. Yeah. But, but you don't mind me coming back to grills for a moment. Um, I, had a, I had a couple of outings in Iceland. Oh, yes. And they're very, 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 very concerned for their grills run this year. Um, I was on two different systems. I was on the Midfjordara and uh, the East Ranga. And the East Ranga is possibly the most successful hatchery system for Atlantic salmon. It's a dead river. The river was a volcanic eruption, I think, in the 60s or 70s. Uh, it's a glacial river, but the, the silt or the gravel on it is rough edged from the vol- volcanic. So they, they let the eggs won't take to the gravel. So every year they put 600,000 smolts out. Um, so effectively the, the fish can't breed naturally in it. There, it's, a, it's a full hatchery system. It's a great success story. Chap, uh, mm. Peter, Peter Rippon. If ever you're doing a feature on Iceland, um, or Peter Rippon would be a great, would be a great guy to talk hatchery. to. Actually, he's coming over to fish Delphi with us on a party in, in May. Um, good guy. Great, 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 great guy. Uh, but is, is, yeah. he, is he Icelandic? Or is he English? No, he's English. Uh, yeah. He's English, but he lived and operated as a guy. He's been everywhere. You know, he's one of these guys who's been the Seychelles, Scandinavia, Iceland. He spent a lot of time in Iceland now, and then he's 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 uh, leased the fishing rights to this river with his with his with his business partner, and they've done a great job of it, guys. They really, really have a great job. Uh, but uh, the season in Iceland is so short; it might only be. 10, 10, 12 weeks between the rivers and the glaciers thawing before they freeze up again. And they don't, we, we traditionally, we have our springers and we have our grills out there. Everything runs in the same band. You'll get a pull of a fish, you land them. It could be, a, well, it won't be a three pound grills. Their, their grills aren't three pound. Or their grills are, mm. they should be five, six pounds or it'll be a 15, 20 pounder fish. They all run together. Uh, we were there for I don't know, the third week of July. And uh, only for the springers, our week would have been lean enough. It's very rare. You can say most, nearly all the fish we caught were, were over 10 pound weight with only a very small amount of grills in it. Great for us because we think we're superstars only catching the big <laughs> fish. But uh, more worrying that there's a generation, there's, there's a year of fish uh, missing. And this is replicated across uh, a lot of the other systems. Um so that's something. really that's really interesting. That's yeah, really and as we say, and that yes, we know we know we're fairly certain that most of the issues with salmon is happening at sea, because mm. we are getting a number of of smolts going out here. We there is a huge amount of um, in stream enhancement and gravel work and everything. Our water clarity, our water, our water quality is 
okay. You know, it can, can be a lot better, but it's a damn sight better than it was in the 70s. Like, if anything, our water quality is getting better. Uh, but it, it is happening at sea. But curious that the feeding grounds for the Icelandic salmon, our fish have to go an extra two and a half thousand miles out, two and a half thousand miles back than what the Icelandics do. But for some reason, um, some, something happened last year that uh, our fish numbers have reduced greatly. The Icelandics have reduced greatly. Dare we say Scotland are in. You're going fishing in pretty places and getting casting practice in a lot of Scotland at this stage. Actually, um, were you in Scotland this year? Normally, I travel with clients. We do about four trips to Scotland, and the men I go to Scotland with uh, opted against it this year. Um, so you actually didn't did, travel? Didn't travel, uh, just wow. because it wasn't, they didn't feel it, it was worth their while. Uh, the same guys, they would, used to fish Russia quite a bit. Russia's now off the list, and I, they're diversifying. They're booking trips for um, Golden Dorado and the likes in South America. Or mm. making a trip for the giant sea trout in Rio Grande or the Tierra del Fuego, uh, and hopefully we can do something before it goes that way for for Ireland. If you're a fly tire or want to get into fly tying, then this is for you. Ireland on the Fly have teamed up with Fulling Mill to give away a box of fly tying materials with free shipping to one lucky listener each week. With more than fourteen hundred products to choose from, each perfectly packed by hand. Their new range of fly tying materials warrants closer inspection. From the individually preened marabou feathers to the top secret treatment applied to their new ultra dry yarn, the whole range is packed with standout new products, all generously served up for your benefit in a neat array of colours and sizes. From zonkers to CDC, bucktail to deer belly, they've done a fantastic job, but just be sure to check it out for yourselves. And to be in with a chance of winning the £50 worth of materials, just answer the following question. Where was Garrett Rigrock's most memorable fish of 2023 caught? Email your answer to info at irelandonthefly.com and we will pick a weekly winner for the next 12 weeks. And for more details, see the show notes and our posts on Instagram at irelandonthefly. And congrats to this week's winner, Daniel Lowe. Daniel will be in touch. But first, back to this week's show. A couple of things, actually, just when you mentioned Scotland there, Garrett, and it's funny, I was chatting to an English guy um, earlier today. And um, he loves the salmon fishing and all fly fishing. He actually lives near the Itchen. And uh, we were just chatting about the salmon season. It kind of put it in context for me because he was like, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I, I'd fish the black water. You know, I said, it's, it's only, you know, half an hour from me. And he was like, you can fish a salmon river. And I said, oh, yeah, the, run, the runs haven't been great this year. You know what I'm saying? He says, but you can fish. You can go to a salmon river that's 30 minutes from you. He said, I'm in England. He mm. says, I have to go to Scotland. He says, I have to take a couple of days and it's so expensive yeah. and, you know, nothing happens. And he says, and yet, he says, I'd be down there all the time. I said, if I could get, you know, and it just kind of, it made me stop and kind of go, okay, yeah, that's, <laughs> okay, a fair point. You got to take it in context of that, like, you know, um, that just at the same time, make make the most of it while you can. But uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a fair point, like I suppose in, in, the, in comparison to Scotland, like what's happening there. Oh, like we're still like we're still okay, lads. Like uh, some of the the spate rivers down here, down west, um, some reasonable sport on them this year. Uh, if you yeah. look, if you're there at the right time, right place. Uh, but then again, like you, you could do two, three days, not get a pull. You go down through. Uh, I went down through a pool on a, on a spate river, and I had two springers and two casts. You know, uh, mm. you, you won't, you may not repeat it again, but 
it, it, lightning can strike. And if you're not on the river or putting the time in, you know, your your chances are less likely. But it's undeniable you, we have to we have to work a lot harder for them now because the yeah, numbers but are there. You've got you've got to do that with spate rivers though. Really, you've got to take a chance, you know. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, you really yeah. have to take a chance. And it was interesting that one you mentioned earlier on. But I, I do think in the interest of people that might arrive at that river and could lose their tackle. You, you should really tell us where it is, you know, so we could put out, you know, it would save people, you know. <laughs> um, just now you're saying that the, the amount of barbed wire fences we crossed yeah. over it, it was other tackle I was thinking of losing. <laughs> <laughs> Health and safety. Right, Kevlar waders, is it? Yeah. Oh, this place, it's, it's a tackle graveyard out there. If you're not breaking rod tips and donating flies to the fences, the, the, oh, the barbed wire. There must be a great sale of barbed wire out that country. But you know what? Isn't that, isn't that the beauty of some of the spate water fishing you're just it's it's like um like gorilla tactics isn't it <laughs> oh totally and yeah and as i was saying i'm i'm only living here in mayo for five years and as i said my buddy david has introduced me to i knew the mainstream pools and a lot of the spates but mm. you know little places you might have to go to it might could be a half hour walk to get up to maybe fish two pools that you'll yeah. fish them down in 15 casts per pool but the fact you're off that beaten track, there could be a fish sitting there that hasn't seen a fly for two months. And uh, it's worth it. It's what makes it all yeah. worthwhile. Little, 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 little bit of exploration. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You true. forget the blanks. You forget all the blanks. One one fish landed or even a fish lost or turned or pulled. You forget a lot about you forget about a lot of blanks when you, you get that bit of bit of satisfaction on it. It's just what you were saying there, Gary. So true. So I lost one the last time I was out. Lost one came off. And I'm walking anyway, so it's like it was done for the, the the session. I had to go. It was lunchtime, and I'm walking back up, and uh, there's one fella at the the beach above me. He caught two in two casts there. You know what I mean? At a different stretch, and it just shows you like you're like just. <laughs> but that was that could have been yeah. it for the day, like you know. Yeah, could have been it for the season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could know, been, yeah. Uh, but at least different. it was. At least it happened. Yeah, you know exactly. But yeah. I think the difference is it's probably that's you're hearing of the one and two, one and two if you're out. Going out down to the river, you're hearing of the one and two being caught, you know, as opposed to everybody else is catching fish as well, you know. Well, there, look, there are, are still I in the here, like uh, you say, you, you pop onto the internet and you'll you'll pick your reports online. Here in Foxford, you don't hear if you just if your lads are putting stuff online, they'd nearly be shot. But if you want to hear the truth or hear the lies, you you'll go to you'll go to the pub, you'll go to Gary's bar. That's mm. where everyone will come in, and everyone will kind of sink their information there. And mm. uh, you do there are there are fish being caught, like like there were fish being caught there a couple of weeks ago. We call because that gilly hour here. Do you know that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. actually call that gilly hour. And here in Cornwall, it's in O'Malley's, and you go down and you know just keep an ear open. You know, you never know. Particularly after the, you know, guys are happy, and particularly after the second bite, and particularly if they have the third, just move over. <laughs> then, you know, then the tongues start wagging. <laughs> uh, another little bit of positive about here. Um, I don't want to go too far in it and jinx it, but um, our sea trout numbers are starting to pick up here in the Moy region. Um, in the last, in, in the normal period, um, June, July, it was going okay couple of lads took their boats off to yesterday but um a, a buddy of mine um philip uh philip and paul went out and a little bit of fact finding there on the moy s3 late for late fishing there about two weeks ago and they hit over 60 fish for their day 
wow. combination of between spinning, sand deal and on the fly. And they had a couple of nice lumps in the two and a half, three pound bracket. Uh, so uh, they're, they're like, you know, there may be something there to, uh, there's always an alternative. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting you should say that. Uh, I'll find out more by the end of the season, but there, there seems to be, I won't say a big resurgence, but see, Trout was marginally better in Connemara this year, you know? Good. Good. I, Funny, I was talking McAvoy earlier on. Uh, yeah. He's saying something similar there, upper legs, they're starting. It's actually nearly, it was nearly worth your while actually going out and specifically targeting sea trout for the back end of the season. Fish weren't massive, but uh, the numbers are are increasing. Yeah. Funny enough, I was talking to Joe Crane. And actually, yeah, it's funny because when you were talking about the fish, Joe Crane we've had on the show. Joe Crane is doing a lot of work in Ina and he was telling me that I, he was, I, I just met him a couple of days ago. And definitely, and, and the quality of fish they were getting in Ina. But while we're on the subject of Joe Crane, and back to your most memorable fish, Joe has a great saying about a fish. He says, if he wants it, you won't take it from him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope there's a lot more of them out there. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, the, that reminded me of that fish. But no, back to him, he, he was saying, all right, but definitely um, on Ina. And what they were getting was that the fish were in good condition. Yeah, you know, right. they were solid. They were, you know, healthy. So, you know, it's and it's nice that you should mention that and that we should see that because it's nice to have maybe something to have um, a, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of good news. Well, Gareth, I tell you, um, it's it's been great catching up with you just to kind of get a sense of it. Look, I think anybody listening would, you know, would have had a, an idea anyway of the way things were. But look, it's it's a case of it was tough. Um, there was some fish being caught. You had to work for it. Um you know, we don't know what's happening. We don't know what, how it's going to play out next year in terms of kind of the weather, the conditions, the oceans, all that kind of stuff. We can but live in hope. But since we already had you on, Gareth, uh, you gave us your most memorable fish on the fly. Do you have a memorable fish of the season? I do, actually, yeah. I Brilliant. do. Um, it was on, Excellent. <laughs> it was Iceland. I know I had a couple of lovely fish here. I had, uh, no, but this one I had. Yeah, this one. It was Iceland. It was a glacial river we're fishing, the, the East Ranga, and it's not known for surface action because the fact is glacial is not only a little bit of milkiness in it at all times. But this chap, Peter Rippon, he, he just happened to be behind us this day, who, who the chap who owns the fishing on it. And he said, Garrett, I think they'll come up and take something off the surface at the minute. I said, really? And he said, uh, I mean, any big sunrays there? Biggest sunray I had, this thing, two and a half inch tube, maybe six inch wing on it. Blemmed her out as hard and fast as could, fast flowing river. And it was on second cast, about the third, fourth hard strip. Our guide was 200 meters downstream with, with, the, with the other angler, uh, with me, with my buddy. He turned around and he came up, he came running. He's saying, I said, how do you, how do you know I was in the fish? He said, I saw the take from 200 meters away. <laughs> This oh, wow. fish porpoised. You know when a fish wants it. This thing, and it was a 14, well, we reckon about 14, 15. It was 86 centimetres. Um, this thing just wanted it. Like they say, when you see them coming on the surface, don't pull it away from them. This thing literally pulled, pulled, pulls the line out of your hand. Oh, smash. God. Like when a lad is seen to take from 200 metres downriver. That's, mm. that's yeah. special. Yep. No, no doubt. No denying. Wow. That, that's my fish of the year. Played him well, all good, fast water, a few photos, and uh, away he goes. That, that, yeah, that made my trip. Lovely. And hopefully, and as we said, lads, uh, the onus is on everyone and everyone fishing related now to start uh, 
seen if we can make a difference. Mm. Uh, at the minute, the only thing we can do is uh, stop killing the fish that actually have a chance of making it to the spawning beds. Yes, there's a lot of... Okay, I'm on my soapbox for the last three minutes. I've had the head rip off me online numerous times this summer for trying to promote a bit of conservation. Yes, most of the trouble is happening out at sea. Something's happening them there. If but the last few that make it back here to the spawning beds, if we're tapping them on the head, we are quite problematic to the issue too. Um, I'm not going to go into this. This is this is a chat about the Moy, but the, the whole salmon policy needs to be looked at and redressed, not just by government policy, but anglers' own internal policy. Um, think think before think before we tap. Most most of us are are converted on that front now, but there's still a lot of the. Uh, fertilizer bag brigade out there you know if they catch two they'll kill two if they catch three they'll kill three if god forbid if they caught five you know they'd, they'd, they'd be looking to do it but uh hopefully we're all becoming a little bit more progressive and we can we can move onwards and upwards please god garrett uh it's been a pleasure talking to you again um keep up the great work in terms of with the club um for the kids for the conservation um keep flying the flag keep the positivity vibes going <laughs> i feel like we're something out of the secret you know <laughs> just kind of keep imagining it, it'll happen, you know. Um, but look, here's hoping for a better 2024. And like I said, if you're not out in the water, you won't be catching them. So keep getting out when you can. And I know that season's pretty much gone, but sure. We'll, uh, January the 1st and the drows won't be long away. Yeah, so. Amen. Yeah, amen. Really good to talk to you again, Garrett. And as Jarrah said there, it's great because, you know, in, a, in, in what's been a tough salmon, you're so nice to get small little bit of positive you know it's really good fair play to you thanks lads our thanks to Gareth Rigrock for joining us on the show don't forget to rate review and follow the Ireland on the Fly podcast on Apple Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from plus you can keep up to date on IrelandOnTheFly.com as well as on Instagram and myself and Tom will be back with another episode about the people and places of fly fishing in Ireland <laughs>